I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. Hey, thank you for dropping in here on my podcast. You know, I really like having your ear here. (laughs) And never fear ear, I will get the dreaded Moose Hunter story on in this podcast. In fact, let's do it right now. For a perspective, I should confess that I am a licensed pilot, and I've noticed that lots of my pilot friends sometimes have a little excess pride, which occasionally gets us into trouble. So here is the story. Once upon a time, there were two guys who were totally dedicated moose hunters. Let's call them Mike and Dick. And every year, without fail, Mike and Dick went to Moose Jaw, Canada and chartered a single-engine airplane on flutes. The manufacturer called the plane a husky because it was good at flying in the bush, which can be very difficult. Mike and Dick wanted the pilot to take them to their favorite hunting place. The plane had to be on flutes because there was a lake right next to the hunting field, which made things convenient. So this year, they took their usual trip to Moose Jaw, Canada Airport, and they found a pilot messing with a single-engine airplane on floats, and it was a husky. So Mike made a deal with the pilot to take them to the lake and come back the next week to pick them up. Dick showed the pilot a chart with the lake on it, and the pilot said, you know, that's a, that's a pretty small lake for my airplane to land and take off on. Mike said, well, last year this time, we talked to a pilot with a plane just like yours, and he took us. Pilot stood up to his full five feet nine inches height, and he said, if one bush pilot can do it, I can do it. Get in the plane. So they did. And when the pilot saw the lake, he said, that's a, that's a very small lake, and landing and taking off from it is going to be very tough. And Mike said, well, last year this time, the bush pilot took us there. Pilot sat up straight in his seat, and he said, if one bush pilot can do it, I can certainly do it. Pilot carefully set up his approach. He came in just above stall speed, carefully touched down on the lake, And immediately, he slipped the prop into reverse. Plane came to a stop, with the pontoons almost touching the opposite shore. Mike and Dick got out and reminded the pilot that he had to come back in a week to pick them up. Pilot said, okay, and he fired up the engine and pulled full flaps, and up came the throttle in the prop pitch, and he just made it over the trees. He came back the next week and looked down, and he saw Mike and Dick smiling up at him and yelling and waving up, but they had a huge moose lying on the ground right next to them. He landed the plane, and he said, Listen, guys, we just made it into this small lake, and that's a, that's a huge moose. Why don't we just take a picture of you standing next to him and smiling and let it go at that? Dick said, Well... This time last year, the pilot took us with our moose. Pilot cut him off. He said, if one bush pilot can do it, I can do it. So they strapped the moose to the pontoons, and they climbed into the plane. The pontoons were almost submerged, but the pilot made the sign of the cross. 
fired up the engine and the prop and went full blast across the lake, pulling furiously on the yoke. Finally, he got the plane up on the step and they went soaring into the blue and the pilot figured he had them take off made. When the left wing hit a tree, plane flipped over and went down. Fortunately, nobody was seriously hurt, but they were all knocked unconscious. Finally, Dick woke up and he, he looked around. He was very disoriented. So he, he nudged his buddy Mike and he said, Hey, where are we? Mike woke up. He looked around and he said, We're, we're about 50 feet from where we were this time last year. Richard. Dick's details, a bunch of totally insignificant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that may be messing up your life and you can grab a grin, which is always a good way to win. At last year's Burning Man Festival, Dick Bruce and Tracy Feldstein made what they called a disgusting spectacle. It was a 23-foot-tall human head designed with a pulley and a hamster wheel that let it pick its own nose. They called it art. Not as in Arthur. Art as in what belongs in a museum. But it doesn't say here what that 23-foot-tall head did with whatever it picks out of its nose. And that could be pretty messy, I think, don't you? If the answer is sis, boom, ba, what is the question? If the answer is sis, boom, ba, what is the question? You don't know, do you? Of course not, I haven't told you yet, but I'll tell you in a minute. If the answer is sis, boom, ba, what is the question? You know, so many questions don't ever get asked. For example, why do slow up and slow down mean the same thing? Hmm? It's like fat chance and a slim chance, same thing. We say something is out of whack, but we never ask, what is whack? And how do we know we're out of it? <laughs> and after dark is really after light, isn't it? Plus, if you expected the unexpected, doesn't that make the unexpected expected? And pray tell, if all the world is a stage, where is the audience sitting? And how come you like it when a vacuum cleaner really sucks? <laughs> and sometimes... If a sexy woman makes a bad mistake and gets pregnant, why should that not be called a misconception? And if you dial a wrong number, how come somebody always answers? You know, you never get a busy signal when you dial a wrong number. And how come the word wrong starts with a W? Where is that? Plus, when you go to a show, the people whose seats are farthest from the aisle always arrive last, so they have to climb all over you to get to their seat. But they are always the ones who will leave their seats several times to go for food or beer or the toilet or whatever. But the folks on the aisle seats never move once, and they have big gangly legs and big bellies, and they stay to the bitter end of the show. All right, if the answer is sis, boom, ba, the question is, what is the sound of an exploding sheep? 
Sis Boom Ba. Hey, if that was good enough for Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, it's good enough for my Good Night Podcast. Little housekeeping here. If you like this podcast or the spoken word story CDs at DickSummer.com or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot from Amazon.com, would you please tell a couple of friends? Because if you like them, your friends will probably like them too. And of course, you'll be doing me a favor. So thank you very much. Just heard from Sergeant Preston. Sergeant Tom Preston sent me an email that says, You questioned who invented the special trees we use to hold phone and electric wires. Tom says the answer is not Ezra Cornell, who is famous for founding Cornell University. I didn't know that. But he didn't invent the telephone poles. What he invented was the ceramic insulators used to keep the wires apart so they don't short circuit, which is also pretty smart, you know? Actually, seriously, I think the first person to put up what we call a telephone pole was good old Samuel Morse, who used it to carry his telegraph messages. That's just a guess. If you know for sure, please send me an email. My email address is dick at com. My lady wonder wench is Polish, and that makes her a pole, right? Because pole is what you call somebody who's from Poland. And she is on the phone a lot. But she has way too many curves to be called a telephone pole because they got to be straight up and down. Ladies and telephones have always been a good combination. Long time ago, I wanted to be sure that I would know when my lady called, even if I was away from home. That was before we had smartphones. So I got an answering machine, you know. Still have it, as a matter of fact. Answering machines can be weird. And here's what I mean. There are always more questions than answers on an answering machine. There's a commercial Friday at 2. Can you make it? The printing isn't going to be done in time for the seminar. Can you use a partial order? Where the heck were you this weekend? We played stickball without you and we won. Can you stay away next weekend too? Ha, ha, ha. How about you and Barbara coming over for dinner Thursday night? And the usual hang-ups. And an unusual one. Hang-up, hang-up, hang-up. Long pause. And tears. Tears that I've heard before. They go with the voice that said, Go to her and be happy. Don't look back. Just go. I knew that voice from the time it was full of young girl giggles. It sang Christmas carols next to me in church. It screamed my name when we made love. It laughed with quick kisses when I almost missed you groaned with rich, long, red, deep, wet kisses when I caught you by surprise. Are you all right? What did you call? Was it the middle of the night? Did you have that nightmare where the man with no face pops out of a hole and grabs you? You're not getting sick, are you? That usually happens when you're getting sick. Why did you call? Did loneliness take that big a bite out of your pride? Or did you meet someone who made you feel sorry for me? That wouldn't be a big surprise. You're much more beautiful than I've ever been able to get you to understand. Or did you just call to find out if I still love you? 
You're not losing faith in yourself, are you? Don't try to run from yourself. You could get lost. Then where would you be? Of course, I still love you. It's just none of your business anymore. called The Answering Machine. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a completely free, no-strings-attached download, just send me your email address and I will send you a free download of the story called An Answering Machine. My email is dick at dicksummer.com. What's yours? To err is human, but it sometimes feels divine. Speaking of divine, what do you suppose God says when an angel sneezes, huh? And can an atheist get insurance for what his lawyer calls acts of God? And, and speaking of atheists, think how bad it must feel not getting any religious holidays when you're a kid. Coming from Brooklyn, where people often speak forcefully, when I was a kid for a while, I thought God's last name was Dammit. I can never understand why people don't think there was a God. When I first step into a warm shower and that warm water feels so good running down my back, you know, all the way down my back and my legs and my feet, gets my muscles all warm and comfortable like hot spaghetti. How does that make you feel? It's kind of hard to think that there's no God when you wake up very early and, and you watch the sun rise out of the night. Have you ever had some of God's fresh peaches with lots of whipped cream and a big red cherry on top? Sunrise, sunset, starry nights, full moons. They're right up there with the scent of freshly cut grass and a surprise late night visit with your best friend sharing a bottle of really good wine. Do you ever cry so long and so hard that you started to laugh? I have. And it felt like God was putting his arms around me and telling me I'm, I'm going to make it through this. And speaking of God, if there's no God, who pops up the next Kleenex in the box?
Okay. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.